Stacey Abrams' office. Hello, this is the White House operator. Uh-huh. Please hold, I'm going to patch you through to the president. No thanks, I'm good. The president would like to speak with Miss Abrams. Uh-huh, well, uh, she's, you know, uh, she's not here right now. She's not there right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does this have something to do with Miss Abrams not appearing on stage with President Biden when he was in her home state of Georgia this week giving a speech? Beep. No, no, I know you're not an answering machine, okay? That might fool the president, but it's not going to work on me. Why don't you call us back when the president's approval rating is higher than COVID's? Oh, that might take a while. Hello? Hello? Stacey Abrams' office. Hello. Please hold for the Vice President of the United States. Hello? 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 You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Shelter. I was wondering if you have any space available. I do. Great. And so uh, my family and I could come down there uh, this evening? No. Oh, no. I'm sorry. This is an animal shelter. Right. Well, I understand. You're an animal. Yes. Technically, you're an animal. But uh, we're really geared more toward um, traditional animals like dogs and cats, the occasional rabbit, the occasional guinea pig, sometimes a ferret. No. That's a mistake, first of all. Uh, Society is not going down these traditional um, patriarchal uh, definitions of what an animal is. First of all, I'm an animal in bed. Second of all, my kids are animals at the dinner table. We're animals. We identify as animals. We're coming down there to the shelter. Okay, well, um, I'm looking at the, the shelter bylaws, and there's technically nothing to prevent you from doing that. Yes. But I want to alert you to the fact that, first of all, we are filled with dogs and cats. Uh, a few guinea pigs, a couple of rabbits, and one ferret. Damn it. But, uh, you know, I want you to know that, that this it's noisy, it's cacophonous, it's, it can be smelly, it can be odorous. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if that's something that might bother you, you might not want to have your family cooped up in a small uh, pen with uh, which you cannot exit without the assistance of one of our uh, uh, staff members. Look, I, I promised the kids a different experience in 2022. And, you know, also this is a way to save some money on my rent. We, you know, we Airbnb our apartment some days. What, what can we expect? Uh, what can my family expect in terms of amenities? Well, there's a bathroom Ooh. outside. <laughs> it's gravel. <laughs> Makes it easier to pick stuff up. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just, I'm concerned with my staff mm-hmm. and sure they're used to cleaning up kitty litter and they're used to scooping up a doggy do uh, and some rabbit pellets and some Guinea pig pellets and some ferret droppings. Mm-hmm. Oh God. But I don't know how they're going to feel about picking up human stuff. That's, that's, that's a concern for me. 
I'm going to be honest with you, sir. I'm going to be honest with you. Please stop yelling at me. My kids are, are dehydrated these days, pretty much pooping uh, pellets as it is. So it's going to be fine. Okay. Um, here's the other thing. Okay. They're dehydrated. Well, that's good. Cause there will be you. A, a large bowl in your shelter cell uh, that has water in it. And it's constantly mm -hmm. filled by our staff members uh, who may or may not have problems picking up fecal matter from humans. I don't know. I haven't discussed it with them. We have a meeting coming up. I'll bring that up. You'd think wanna, that would be in your precious bylaws. That, you know, the bylaws have a lot of stuff in them, but they just don't, we never really, factored for this. We didn't expect the economy to go the way it's going, uh, the supply lines to be where they are. So I understand why you want to live in our shelter. I'm just saying, I, I, I want you to envision coming home after work. Okay. I'm, I'm picturing it. You come home, you open up the door to the shelter, you walk down mm -hmm. the hallway, you open up the second door and, and there you're greeted by these sounds and smells of, of a shelter. You're going to hear a lot of barking. There's going to be a lot of meowing. You're going to walk by Timmy, the three-legged uh, Bichon Frise. And you're going to, you're going to ba basically, you're cell 17 at this point. That's all we have left right now. Your whole family is mm. going to be in there. Cool. Uh, your kids will be hydrated. I can assure you that. Ugh. I hope okay. they like kibble. Yeah, I don't know if we fed them that, but this whole day, look, hydrate them at your own uh, peril, because then I'll tell you, the pellets get a lot more um, unique. This is a concern for me. I'm a little worried. I, you know, I want you to imagine trying to sleep through the night. There's a lot of barking. There's a lot of meowing. Uh, there's the occasional uh, bunny hiss. There's mm -hmm. sometimes a guinea pig whimper. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, then you have the ferret screech. <laughs> it's the worst sound in the world, man. It's the sound we heard when a ferret murdered my uncle, and I just can't, I don't ever want to hear that sound again. So you're going to have to get rid of the ferret when we come down here, because obviously the needs of, uh, of a family of seven are going to greatly outweigh um, one tiny little disgusting ferret. Actually, that's not true. Uh, our bylaws take after uh, Saudi Arabian culture, and a guest is a guest. And the guest has priority. The guest gets what the guest wants. And uh, the ferret, who, by the way, is in uh, cell number 16. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's next door to you. I know. Uh, the ferret has priority. It is a guest. Uh, he has been there for quite some time. And and so I, I can't ask the ferret to move. Uh, and I, I'm a little bit worried about potential conflicts if you do decide to shelter in our shelter. What, what sort of conflicts uh, do you imagine happening? I mean, my concern is that you are clearly anti-ferret. Yep. Uh, I might even say ferretist. And I understand why you might have those leanings. It sounds to me like a ferret killed your father. Uncle, yes. It sounds to me like a ferret killed your uncle. Sorry. That's correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I thought your uncle was your father. That's, that's not on me. Um, well, that, that's, I don't want you to be reminded of your uncle's death. Every time you hear the ferret screech or eat from its ferret trough or uh, leave the ferret droppings, which, as you may know, are very loud. They're uh, unconscionably loud. <laughs> I did not know that. I don't know that. Deer, they can just stand there and drop a ton of pellets on the ground. You hear nothing. But a wow. ferret, even though it's closer to the ground, it sounds like a, a timpani drum <laughs> being attacked by, uh, by a timpanist who is having a seizure. And is on cocaine <laughs> and has heavy timpani sticks. That's how my other uncle went. You are just bad news for me, my friend. This might not be the right shelter for you. 
No, incorrect. This is the place. Uh, all right. What other sort of Saudi Arabian traditions do you have there? Because uh, it's, I mean, it sounds great to me. Well, of course, uh, the bitches mm-hmm. are, are covered from head to toe. <laughs> because, you know, you might be tempted if you see them. You can't control yourself, can you? Not really. Yeah. Western culture is decadent. And uh, when you see an, an uncovered woman, you, you have no choice but to uh, run after them. That's right. Like an Italian. Yep. <laughs> but here um, it's different. We, we subscribe to a lot of Saudi codes of conduct. Okay. Uh, the bitches uh, are, must sit in the back seat. <laughs> uh, when we walk the bitches, uh, mm-hmm. they must walk behind us on the leash, which presents a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Most dogs are not trained like that, but that's part of our shelter philosophy. What happens if, because uh, I, I always love this because I, I am a dog person. I hate ferrets, but uh, but I love dogs. I, I love it when like dogs, you know, like start kissing each other and stuff. Like what happens if two two boy dogs start kissing it, like licking each other? We crush them with a stone wall. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. So uh, there are two things I would like to talk to you about before we sort of launch into a bit. Uh, the first thing is- Number one. Number one is that my wife had to give up her office for her business, uh, affordable interior design. It's great. Virtual clients accepted. And uh, she has had to move all of the stuff in her storefront office into our home. Fantastic. Oh, it's so great. And it's so great because now we're, uh, you know, in the middle of a pandemic where we've basically haven't been able to escape each other for two years. Uh, We're now on top of each other even more. And And in my case, everyone is really on top of me because I have been kicked out of the family office and relegated to the basement. This ends well. Oh, it's definitely going to end well. It's definitely like, you know, so many of these things end in murder suicides. And I want to I just want to really let everyone know. Don't worry about that. I'm not the type to kill myself. Okay. don't worry. What if your wife kills you? Plausible. (sighs) And uh, can I just, I want to, I want to get likely. this out there. I just yep. want to say something. You know, your kids are great. Thank you. But I, I, I don't want to raise them and I won't no matter what's in the will. It's it, it is in, talk about bylaws. It is in the podcast bylaws no. that should a, uh, especially if they are felled during working on the podcast, then mm-hmm. the children go to the uh, co-creator of said podcast. I don't know. I can't. Your, your, your daughter's too sassy and your son yep. knows too much Star Wars stuff that I don't know. I can't keep up with them. I can't raise them the way you'd want them to be raised. Um, and so I, I need you. It's bad enough. I got to have a dog. You know, yeah. this is taking up a lot of time and food. How would you, how would you adjust the the raising of my children? Because I, I think I'm doing a good job raising them for the most part, but you know, there, I'm sure there's things you see you and your wife, who, you know, you're not the type to sort of judge people silently behind their backs. Um, so I'm sure you've never thought of any of these things. So off the top of your head, what are some things if, if I were to die murdered by my wife, um, what would you do? How would you raise my children differently? Huh? Well, your daughter's very sassy. She is. She's even, she's sworn at me in the past. Yeah. As a seven-year-old, she told you to basically F off. That's right. Uh, she <laughs> thought, you know, and the, you laughing didn't help because now she thinks that's normal. <laughs> I know. So uh, I'd have to work on that. 
Okay. What I, does that mean? Well, uh, every time she swears at me, uh-huh. she'd have to put money in the swear jar. Okay. And of course, seven-year-old kids don't have a ton of cash. No, they don't. So she's going to have to get herself a job. <laughs> uh, everybody's hiring. That's Everyone true. is short-staffed. And a, yeah. a seven-year-old kid will be, will be welcomed with open arms. Okay. I guess that's so, true. So you're going to force my daughter to get a job just to pay for the swear jar? She will work at Tractor Supply Company. <laughs> and she will have money for my swear jar. And she will learn that, that her hard-earned money, especially at that age when an hour seems like forever. Uh-huh. For yes. you and I, an hour goes by extremely quickly. In fact, yep. a, a year goes by extremely quickly. Sure for a does. seven-year-old, an hour takes forever. So she'll know when she's she's got to put $10 into the swear jar and she has a $16, hour, uh, $16 an hour uh, job, she'll know that, oh my God, that that one swear, that F-bomb cost me a lot of money. I will not yeah. do it again, Papa Brian. <laughs> okay, so Papa Brian fixes that. What about, what about my son? What sort of changes to the way that we parent? Are you going to, once we're you know, in a pool of our own blood in this house. What are you going to do to our son? Well, your son is very into Star Wars. Yep. Uh, I'm going to sit down with him. I will start with episode four, Mm -hmm. the first Star Wars. That's right. And I'm going to point out all the flaws. No. I'm going to point out all the fakeness. No. I'm going to tell him those are plastic models, not real spaceships. Don't ruin this. And Darth Vader is not the same guy that sounds like Darth Vader. Yeah, it's a different actor for the voice and a different actor for the body. How dare That's you right. ruin the magic? That's right. And I'll tell him that that R2-D2 yeah. is a little person. <laughs> yes, a little person is inside R2-D2. That's right. Man in Jimmy a can. Baker. Man in a can, I'm going to call it. Not even R2-D2. Oh, man. Really ruining the magic of this. Like, That's why I'm telling you, I don't want to raise your kids. But you have to. We're stuck with this. This is the hand we were dealt. Then this is what you're getting. And I'm going to I'm gonna grab your kid. I'm going to pull a book of Schopenhauer off the bookshelf mm-hmm. that I haven't read. Yes. Because it's just a meandering mess. Sure. And I'm going <laughs> to slam it down. And I'm going to say, read it. <laughs> right and he's going to okay. put himself to sleep reading Schopenhauer wow or or you could have uh, them read transcripts of this podcast which can also be a meandering mess that's true we could do that okay you know what I'll have him transcribe them that's how he's going to learn English oh man I don't want because I'm not I'm not paying for private school for these kids it's homeschool or no school. Well, what about public school? No, sir. Won't <laughs> do it. Why not? I disagree. Okay, well, you're their dad. You you do what you think's best, I guess. I just, I have a problem with teachers unions, Jack. <laughs> that I know you do. What is life like at, um, at SAC uh, homeschool school? <laughs> for SAC gifted home- and talented children. <laughs> the SAC homeschool for gifted and talented uh, kids. My, for gifted and talented, my kids, <laughs> it's called. And, uh, Sorry. you know, it's a standard uh, curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, they learn English, math, science. Mm. Okay, that sounds good. 
bootyology. Huh? It's biology, but with a little bit of sexy in it. Okay. It's well, basically we- studying the science of attraction. Oh. Uh, okay, I guess so. Pheromones, Jack. There's a whole, there's two months worth of pheromone studies. That, see, that seems like a lot of time on pheromones. So they should just be learning like frog biology. I want my kids to be out and get out there and I want them to know about pheromones. I guess it's really important to you. How do you teach pheromones in homeschool? Well, ironically, you take them out of the home. <laughs> I, I spritz myself with a bunch of pheromones. Okay. And we go to the um, Quinny's Bar and Grill. <laughs> and I have them sit on one end of the bar and I sit at the other end of the bar. Okay. And they wait, they, they keep track. They have a stopwatch. They take notes and they watch the number of people who come up and approach me for reasons they don't understand. Huh? They're coming up to this middle-aged guy and they're just incredibly attracted to him. They don't know why, but I know why. Cause I'm spritzed with pheromones. Right. But they don't know why they just find my, my being there just incredibly attractive to them. Sure. And so I show the kids how pheromones work. It's fascinating. And then, so how does like the, how does that field trip end? In a motel six. (laughs) And that's where we get into business. (laughs) So bootyology immediately turns into a business class at the motel six. Business class. They're going to go sit. I have them sit in the lobby of the hotel Uh and they watch the process of people coming into the Uh hotel to get a room negotiating with the hotelier. Uh-huh. Uh, they need a room for an hour, two hours, things like, and they, they understand, they see the negotiation process. They see the sales process. They understand the whole thing. It's great. They're, they're learning a lot. Man. God, I got to really keep myself alive. This is not how I want my kids to be raised. On second thought, I think I might want to raise them. <laughs> You've had a bit of a a run-in with our dear friends at Manscaped. Do you want to sort of explain what happened? Yeah, Jack, I do. Okay, and and for those of you who might be new to the podcast, Manscaped was our first official paid sponsor. For real, 100% true. I support our sponsors. So for Christmas, Mm -hmm. my wife had said my brother-in-law would love the Manscaped thingy. Yeah. That might be a good thingy. Okay. And so I said, okay, it's weird for you to know that, but I ordered one. On December 8th. Okay. Okay. December, Christmas, December 25th. Yeah. Uh, I order it on December 8th for Christmas. And then I wait and I wait and I'm looking at it. It's, it doesn't show that it's, there's no tracking information. It's showing that mm-hmm. it hasn't shipped. So I, I contact their customer support and I get no response. <laughs> and then I contact the customer support again and I don't get a response. Mm-hmm. Third time I get a response. Uh, we're really backed up. But uh, we will be shipping as soon as possible. And I said, well, if it doesn't arrive by the 19th of December, I don't need it because I will be traveling and it'll be too late. Yes. No response. Uh, On the 19th of December, I get a notice that they have shipped it. Oh, my gosh. And on top of that, they they signed me up for some kind of monthly club, which (laughs) was like, it was like, which was like seven or eight dollars a month. 
Oh. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. I didn't, you know, and I looked at the fine print. I was like, okay, that they have it in the fine print, but I thought it was super shady because I, I was just buying the fricking razor. I don't need this monthly subscription to whatever, you know, testicle care or whatever the hell it is. And so I was, I was annoyed by that. So I had to immediately cancel the, the monthly thing, mm-hmm. which they kind of snuck in. Right. And then they shipped the thing on the 19th, right after I told them if it's not going to be here by the night. So I'm sending it back. Uh, and then I decided like, I'm not crazy about this company because if they're doing that to me, they're probably doing that to everybody. Okay. So first of all, now, if I remember correctly, you also teach testicle care at Brian's uh, homeschool. Yes. For gifted and talented, my kids. <laughs> so that's important. And I respect that. Thank so you. let me just say hats off to that. So, but secondly, so you're, so you now have turned on our sponsor. I'm not happy with them, Jack. <laughs> so, so no more sneaking them into our bits. No more. Like we're done. Like yeah. we're severing the tie. We're taking a razor to the pubes yeah. of our relationship and severing yes. it off. We are, we are, we have shaved that relationship off. Um, <laughs> you know, let's, we'll find a different one. Our friend, our coffee friend. Yes. We our coffee. I'll just stay. I'll take coffee. Give me coffee. I'll take coffee. Yes. I like coffee. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your story about Manscaped. Um, use promo code. Don't use it. Use promo code Howard 100. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. I, I want to talk to you about secession. Succession? Yes. Uh, and not, not the uh, popular uh, uh, television program. Oh. I want to talk about actual the the country of ours splitting apart because that is all the rage you hear this on all of the networks now is that you know people are you know marjorie taylor green uh tweeted a a week or two ago about getting a national divorce um msnbc cnn fox news you know the three big news networks or whatever you'd call them entertainment networks entertainment all talk about this i'm seeing right here on my computer a giant cnn uh, uh, article uh, with video is America heading towards civil war or secession? No, Oof. so stupid. Oof. Well, if you remember uh, our friend Glenn Beck, when we mm-hmm. had our TV show, had uh, you and myself up to his apartment, and yes. this apartment was high up in New York. So it was on like very it high. The, it was uh, on the east side of Manhattan in the mid 40s, 50s, 60s, somewhere up around in there. 57th. And, yeah, well, I was trying not to give away the location of Glenn's apartment. Uh, 30, 32nd and 2. 80, 86th. I knew exactly where I was. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to out you. Oh, my gosh. Still, a lot of buildings there. You'll never find it. Yeah, that's right. Except so, if you look for the tallest one. Yeah, the tallest one. So we go up to this, uh, the, like, this amazing, I mean, like, we're like way up in the top and you're so high up in Manhattan that you can see Coney Island from his apartment. Yeah. And Coney Island's, if you don't live in New York, uh, Coney Island's far away and you never see it. Yeah. Like on the, on the coast of Brooklyn. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, so we're yeah. up there, we're eating steaks, you know, he's like, Hey boys, you know, what, what are you planning for the TV show and all this stuff? And so we're eating our steaks. We're talking about the show and all this stuff. And then he asked, what do you want for dessert? And and we get to choose our own flavor of ice cream. And his assistant goes out and gets three different three different pints of ice cream for us to each individually eat. And so you and I are standing around 
Glenn Beck's kitchen. Yeah. And what happens next? Uh, we're looking out the window. Yep. Just at the big sprawling city beneath us. And then he goes off on his Armageddon tangent. <laughs> he starts talking about the, the future rioting in the streets. Yeah, boys. Civil war is coming. But this time it won't be North versus South. It'll be ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. It'll be neighbor versus neighbor. You're going to fight with people at the ATM machines. And boys, that's why I know you guys have kids. So I'm going to tell you, you need the five G's gold guns, gasoline. Uh, I forget the other two. Um, God, I assume that has to be in there. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Uh, G- gold. God, guns, yes. God, <clears throat> gold guns, gasoline. God. What, what's that cold soup? Gazpacho. Probably that. That makes sense. <laughs> So he's been preparing us for this, this coming civil war uh, for that was like 10, 11 years ago. And you and I were both so rattled by this because so the, so imagine being in Glenn Beck's kitchen, just like eating ice cream with Glenn Beck telling us how like our countries can be trying to kill each other and how we need to keep our children safe from the coming civil war as we try to digest ice cream. And, and we're like crap in our pants. We had to go out and get drinks afterwards, just Brian and I, because we we're so freaked out. Yeah, I remember that. We were like, we need a bar. He makes a compelling case. (laughs) So anyway, clearly uh, uh, civil war and secession is coming. So I was wondering if you could, Brian, if you could sort of talk us through. You're a a military planner. That's correct. I Yes. And I am a military planner. You freelance at the Pentagon. Is that right? I Yeah, I've I've been freelancing at the Pentagon for for a few years now. Gosh, you would think they'd make you staff. Uh, I, you know, I, I prefer to be a freelancer. I like generating invoices. <laughs> Strange. I like, I like all the extra tax preparation it takes when you're a, a freelance person. Oh, okay. You know, I think our listeners need to know because they're the only people I really care about surviving this thing. So I would okay. like our listeners to know what is to come in this coming civil war and how they can prepare and survive. Brian, what, what's some of your advice and, and what can we look forward to or, or dread really? Um, so if you do live in a, in a restrictive, uh, in a place where that restricts firearms, uh, I would uh, suggest getting your own uh, illegal firearm. Oh gosh. See, a, a lot of people probably don't know how to do that. Uh, well, you can go to buddiesillegalfirearms.com and if you use the checkout code QM, uh, they will ship it to you in a box that says Brenda's Cakes. <laughs> okay, so that's again, that's checkout code QM. Mm-hmm. Do you get anything off or is there like uh, any sort of shipping priority? Um, you get a coupon for 10 years off your sentence if you are arrested for illegal possession. Man, Buddy's got it going on. Yeah, they've got connections. Whew. Well, that's great. Okay, all right. Well, see, now that's some good advice. What other ways can people sort of prepare to maybe outlast the Civil War? How do you keep your family safe? Uh, Well, I mean, obviously you want to keep your family protected. What's the best way to protect your loved ones? A steel box. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what a steel box is. It's a box made from steel. Okay. Uh, It's very heavy and very thick and it's Mm -hmm. largely impenetrable. Okay. So what you do is you, you usher your family into the steel box. You cover the steel box. 
with mm-hmm. its steel box cover and you lock the steel box to prevent people from getting in. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then what you don't do. Okay. Is be so grateful that your family is safe that you go on a drinking binge. <laughs> you don't call your friends, Harvey and Marco and, and say, meet me on 19th street at the bar and go on a bit of a bender to celebrate the security of your family. Mm-hmm. And then go from one bar to the next bar. And Marco, of course, never wants the party to end. He just wants it to keep going and keep going. Right. And next thing you know, you're doing cocaine and it's four in the morning. And next thing you know, it's another night and another day and another night <laughs> and another day and another night. And then you finally <laughs> come to your senses and Marco runs out of money. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can go home finally. Yeah. And then you walk into your living room and there's that steel box. <laughs> yes, where your family is safe. And your heart sinks, Jack. Why? Because you know. You know what? You know what happened. You know it's been <laughs> a long period of time, Jack. And so you go and you very... You you approach the lock, Jack, uh-huh. on the box, on the steel box. And it's one of those ones that uses a word code. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the word code is love you. <laughs> and you slowly switch the letters so that it spells out love you. Uh-huh. And then the lock releases and you feel it and you just have this palpable sense of doom as you okay. take the lock off and then you prepare to lift the steel lid. Yeah, to see your family. Yeah. And you lift it. And you let out a scream <laughs> of joy. We we're together again. No. Well, you're together <laughs> and you let out a scream like you've never screamed before uh-huh. and you curl up on the floor and you sob and you sob because you got to put up with your family's crap again. Like what? Well, in a way. <laughs> On the bright side, Jack. Uh huh. They're already in the coffin. <laughs> Jesus God! Oh my lord! <laughs> oh wait, did you forget to feed your family? I was protecting them, Jack. I wasn't tasked with feeding them. Fair enough. Also, you need air holes in your steel box. You tell me now, okay? Where were you when I had the steel box in the living room? All right, this. You know what? I'm going to pull the plug on this. You know, everyone, good luck on your own because Brian is is bad at this. It's the first time I'm ever going to say in two years, Brian's bad at this. Don't listen to Brian's advice on this. I'm alone, Jack. I know. I know you are now. I don't care how the Civil War goes. All right. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, Jack. So, Brian, I wanted to talk quickly about the uh, Patton Oswalt uh, <laughs> the Patton Oswalt Dave Chappelle controversy yes. that uh, sprang up uh, in the last couple of days. Yes. Do you want to really quickly um, describe that for folks? Sure. Patton Oswalt, who is a comedian, and David Chappelle, who is also a comedian, uh, were at a performance, performing uh, comedy, as comedians will do. And mm-hmm. Patton uh, ha- took a picture with Dave Chappelle, who was a friend of his from a long time back. Yep. 34 years. 34 years they've been friends. So 34 years they've been friends. He takes a picture with his friend, Dave Chappelle, posted on his Instagram. 
and you know, the the a bunch of nut jobs uh, pile on him for for posing with Dave Chappelle, who must be the most horrible person in the world, a uh, transphobe and this and that, despite the fact that he's not. But uh, Patton being, I guess, a bit of a milk toast, you know, not only uh, comes back with an apology, but a picture of himself writing the apology, which is one of the more performative and pathetic things I've seen in quite some time. Uh, but right. it's, it's just showing him deep in thought as he writes this heartfelt apology to to imbeciles and, and to like this mass of raving lunatics for whom no apology will ever uh, work. Uh, they're just looking for blood. They like to That's pile right. on one another, uh, to pile on people for this sense of uh, belonging and also just because they have nothing else going on in their lives. And yes. uh, and this poor sap fell for it. And and again, for the crime of posting a photo with a friend, with someone who has controversial stance, which, by the way, which makes complete sense, but a controversial stance on one issue. He, this dude is a fairly super liberal dude yeah. in all other ways. In this one issue, he's got uh, a, a controversial viewpoint. And for that, for the crime of standing next to him, your friend of 34 years, taking a picture Patton Oswalt writes this, and I quote, I'm sorry, truly sorry that I didn't consider the hurt this would cause or the depth of that hurt. And he closes with, it's so easy to think someone else needs growth and miss the need in yourself. Gonna keep trying. End quote. Do the work. Do the work for posting a picture. Yeah. As if, as if anyone you take a picture with. You then therefore share all of their beliefs, ideals, and opinions. Right. Holy crap. Yeah. Sucka. Holy crap. It's almost like a Maoist struggle sh- session. You know, I'm just about, I'm, <sighs> I'm, I need to improve. I know I'm so bad. I'm, I'm letting the party down. <gasps> oh my God. For posting a photo of your friend. Yeah. Who's funny and, and not all these things people are alleging either. These maniacs. God, it makes me so angry. Yeah. Which is why now, now I know this has got to be tough for you because you run a, a Patton Oswalt fanzine. Is that right? That's right. And what's what do you call that thing again? General Patton. Because <laughs> we cover all That's the right. things. We cover all the things. Right. And, and not just the general coverage. You actually go in depth. That's sort of ironic about it. But yeah, we get, we get into depth on Patton's life. You know, there are a lot of people out there who want to know what Patton is up to. Um, and, and Amazing. I created this fanzine, uh, as a way of, of getting that news out there. Ah, that's great. God bless you for doing this. Really, uh, really. Thank you. Um, but so you probably know, can you quickly just sort of walk us through some of the other things that, um, s- some of us die hard, uh, uh, what, what do you call us? Patent heads? What do you, what do you call fans of his? Oswaltists. So for, for this press Oswaltists, teasts, teasts. <laughs> For us Oswaltists uh, out there, and there's so many of us, um, you know, who love his work, like Ratatouille and, you know, other things. Um, there's going to be a lot of pain coming yeah. because there's going to be a lot of other things that Patton is is going to be apologizing for in the, in the coming months as he sort of reevaluates his life and tries to uh, tries to keep trying. Yeah. So c- can you sort of walk us through some other things just to sort of get it all out of the way now so we can just sort of begin the healing. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to account for the fact he's, he's in a picture with Adele. 
What's wrong with that? Adele's a wonderfully popular singer, super talented. She is, but she lost a lot of weight. Oh, and right. uh, and that has really enraged the the fat acceptance folks and right. the size acceptance people. They they're upset that she considers being overweight a, a negative and that she would lose all this weight and then be happy about it on social media. So he has a picture with her and we're hoping that he will come through with a picture of himself writing an apology uh, about standing next to a, a thin woman who used to yeah. be big. She did. Yeah. And I mean, how dare she increase her life expectancy up to almost 10 years? Yeah. I mean, she, she didn't want type two diabetes and that's a choice some people make, but obviously it's, it's strange, the wrong choice. She's diabetes phobic. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, uh, shameful. Gosh, it, it makes makes me wonder why we were Oswald Oswald Eats Teats Oswald Oswaldite Oswald Teats Oswald Teats Oswald Teats. It makes me wonder why we were Oswald Teats to begin with. That's right. Flows off the tongue like an anvil. <laughs> what, now, what are some other things that uh, that Patton has coming out that he's going to be apologizing for? Oh my God, he went to In and Out Burger. Okay, and Great. he took a picture of himself it. about to, to bite into the the classic In and Out Burger, the very famous burger franchise from the yeah, Midwest and West, uh, and that has created outrage amongst the vegan community and the global warming community. You know, uh, he was piled on. You know, don't you understand that that cows are responsible for methane, uh, which are which are destroying the the planet? Uh, yeah. the, the, the people for the ethical Oof. treatment of animals, you know, really lit into him for glorifying yeah. the consumption of, of animals. Uh, Morrissey, uh, just sent a picture of him scowling. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so the, he's, he's really got to kind of get in front of that. That's something we're going to have to be dealing with. There are people out there who are hurt and he doesn't even comprehend the depths of their hurt. And, <sighs> and so he needs to, like, uh, for example, his niece. Yeah. Uh, his niece, Becky, okay. got an A plus on her spelling and, she, and he has a picture of him All holding right. it up with an A plus and he said, I'm so proud of my niece, Becky. Well, you know, first of way all- Way to go, Becky. No, right. not wait. No, no, no. What? What What did I say? What? Grading is one, is, is part of the systemic racism and oh, the God, patriarchy and all the other Ian things. Oswald is a racist. I had no idea. He needs to get, he needs to really understand what he's done by promoting the concept of grades, of, of judging people based on their performance, on merit. He needs to know what he's done wrong. And, and we need a picture of him uh, sitting in front of a, a bunch of books that have been uh, stabbed with steak knives and writing a, an apology, a heartfelt apology to the people he has hurt so deeply. And he had an apology to the, the gay community coming up for something. What did he do to make the gay community? I, I know how much he upset the uh, supporters of trans rights with his uh, hateful Dave Chappelle picture. But what about um, the gay community? Apparently he does something really heinous with the, to them. Yeah. He, well, he went to an, an adult uh, bookstore. Okay. And there's a picture of himself uh, in a stall and he's <laughs> kneeling next to a glory hole. And there's a penis, an anonymous penis sticking out of the glory hole. Good Lord. And he's just what? has a selfie of him pointing to it saying, get a load of this. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What is he even saying with that? That's the thing. They're they're like, are you saying that that's not cool? And they are like, are you mocking our culture? 
Are you making, <laughs> are you making fun of us? I'm not sure that's their culture. <laughs> so I was at the bookstore. It is. I couldn't believe it. I just so, wanted uh, to put my penis through a hole. Next thing you know, there's some guy on the other end of it. <laughs> so you didn't even know. I had no idea. Gosh, it's terrible. So you, you, get, you immediately removed said, uh, said uh, item of your body, right? I waited a few minutes to really ascertain what was going on. <laughs> so after just two, three minutes, you like got out of there and left. I, w- I mean, I lost track of time, to be honest, um, as will happen. I mean, it's pretty glorious. And uh, now I know why they call it that. So what, 10, 15 minutes? You know, again, I lost track of time. Uh, you know, when somebody's really good at what they do, you <laughs> want to appreciate it. Like if there's a concert and a pianist is really good, you want to listen to that pianist uh, mm-hmm. as long as, I mean, if they're masterful, you you want to, and if somebody's masterful uh, as a pianist or with a penis, you know, you don't want to rush them. You want to, you want to kind of appreciate their skill mm-hmm. sure, and, and the amount of time and energy they, they put into their craft. And okay. so I don't know at what point I screamed yowza, but- <laughs> That's when it finished, and that's when I left. Man, so I guess that was the first and last time you've ever been to that place. I went back a few times because I like to give a place two or three visits before I give it a rating on Yelp. Uh huh. What was your rating on Yelp for that place? Five freaking stars. <laughs> Jack. Brian, listen, CNN needs news readers. They, they yeah. the people they have, they're either losing like Chris Cuomo or aren't respected like the rest of them. They need somebody who's just kind of a, a normal news reader type. They were auditioning people uh, to be a news reader. They looked at you. They said, this is the guy we want. You've tried in the <gasps> past to get this gig. Uh, I think you deserve another chance. They think you deserve another chance. Yes. And they've sent me some scripts. Okay. They need you to just read the news, deliver the news like a professional objective newscaster. Uh, not somebody who's out for themselves. Okay. And you will be uh, possibly the next CNN news reader. How does that sound? It sounds amazing. It finally get me out of this basement. There you go. So I'm sending you a script right now. Oh God, I need this. I need this so bad, Brian. This is a news reading opportunity for you. Okay. So I need you to read this and get the news reader position at CNN. In the past, I haven't gotten it. Um, any notes for me as I wait for the first script to arrive in my inbox? No, you just you just you just start reading the news. Oh. This is what's going to happen when you're a newsreader. You're oh. going to be sitting there, and on the teleprompter, the words are going to pop up, and you just need to read those words as okay. professionally and seriously as possible. Okay. All right. I, I just got the script right now. I've Take opened it. it. I've never read this before in my life. Good. Take it away, just like a newsreader. Okay, just like a newsreader. Here we go. A Maryland man has a new lease on life after getting a new heart. But this isn't any new heart. This heart came from a pig. (laughs) You heard that right. After agreeing to the experimental surgery, 57-year-old David Bennett became the first human to receive a non-human heart. In a nine-hour operation, surgeons replaced Bennett's heart with with one from a one-year-old, 240-pound fat pig named Lucky. Bennett's son David, who is named David because David is the default name for anyone who can't think of a name, said that his father's 
David's operation was, quote, nothing short of a miracle, end quote. And he hoped that they would be able to leave the hospital and return home in time to see and feed their beloved dog, David. This is a truly remarkable breakthrough, said heart transplant surgeon Dr. David Davidson of New York University's NYU David Langone Hospital. This gives new hope to thousands of patients, Davids, and their families. Currently, more than 100,000 people sit on organ transplant transplant wait lists, and about 6,000 die every year waiting for someone else's tragedy to provide them with a life-saving kidney, heart, or lung. I've been praying for years for someone in the prime of their life to save my dad by getting themselves struck in the head by an errant bowling ball, said Bennett's son. Just quick and painless for them so that they're brain dead and that then my dad gets their heart, which they wouldn't need anymore because they went to heaven, paradise, purgatory, Valhalla, or came back as a butterfly. Zeno Transplantation, <laughs> as this field of medicine is called, Stands to save thousands of human lives. When asked how he felt uh, being in the history books for this remarkable new advancement, Bennett squealed with joy and told reporters, oink, 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 as he rolled around in a puddle of shit. Well, didn't get that one. It's fine. You know, news reading's hard. You know, I was just going to say, you know, I like to, you know, we like to make fun of Don Lemon and and uh, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. Maybe it's harder than we think. You know, you never know what's going to come up on the teleprompter. I'm sending you another chance, Jack, to be a okay. newsreader for CNN. Okay. Jeez. And again, Not just a, imagine you're sitting at the anchor desk and you're just okay. reading what's coming up on the teleprompter. All right. Professionally. A lot, of, a lot of Davids in the last one. Okay, here we go. I just got it. I'm ready to go. Take her away. Beloved actress and comedian Betty White's cause of death was disclosed on Monday. The Golden Girls and Mary Tyler Moore actress died on December 31st at age 99, just three weeks shy of her 100th birthday. White's comic chops and up-for-anything charm made her a mainstay for more than 60 years, with fans who spanned generations. In 2010, at 88, she became the oldest person to host Saturday Night Live, a former comedy show on NBC. White's doctor said that she'd been in relatively good health, but told reporters White was utterly devastated by the September 2021 death of Good Morning America's Willard Scott. Realizing that Scott would not be able to give her a shout out in her 100th birthday, as he'd done for so many people over the years, White's lust for life began to wane. In October, White sank into a deep depression, visiting Scott's grave and cursing him for not being there when she was to hit one, the 100-year milestone. How could you do this to me? White cried while allowing her poodle David to soil Scott's grave. She then kicked over several flower arrangements and drew a backward swastika on Scott's tombstone. In November, White sent a group text message to family and friends saying, quote, if Willard's not here to congratulate me on my 100th birthday, there's really no effing point. By early December, White had taken to her bed and did not leave. As her 100th birthday loomed on the horizon, White took matters into her own hands, shouting, it's all been for nothing, before striking her head on the night table 17 times, rendering her brain dead. In a medical first, White's heart was transplanted into... (laughs) In a medical first, White's heart was transplanted into a one-year-old, 240-pound pig named Lucky. Ah, shoot. 
Jeez. I, you know, it's, <sighs> it, it's frustrating because w- whatever, you know, junior news writer they had uh, to do this, they claimed that Willard Scott was on Good Morning America, which we all know was the Today Show. Oh, that's right. This, so many crappy journalists out there today. Really? The, whoever sent this to me is a really crappy journalist and writer. Well, they're from CNN, clearly. Clearly. Just sent you a third chance. Okay. Uh, this is your last chance this week to land the CNN newsreader role. I think, you know, I'm fingers crossed, whatever. Thank I'm you. And, and it's you, a paid can, gig. So this would be it, like a big thing for me. It's a paid gig on CNN. They, you know, they, they got all that Chris Cuomo salary money back. Plus all the, the, the Chris Cuomo hush money. Yeah. That's a lot. of Okay. All right. Great. All right. I'm ready. I just got it. I've opened it. I have not read it. Tell me when to go. Okay. News breaking. Dun, dun, dun. Pfizer announced on Tuesday that they would be developing a COVID-19 vaccine that specifically targeted the Omicron virus uh, variant of the virus. Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla said that they expected to launch the new vaccine in March of this year and that they had hoped President Biden would remember to mandate that everyone over zero years old get the vaccine so that we would all be safe. Republican members of Congress challenged the potential mandate, calling it unconstitutional and dicky. President Biden responded by saying something about a beach ball. (laughs) The announcement was made at the annual J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Not to be outdone, Moderna President Stephen Hodge said they would be introducing multiple new vaccines themselves. Moderna Platinum will come in a collectible syringe and will feature 99% efficacy against COVID for several weeks, plus reduced side effects. Moderna Gold will offer slightly lower efficacy, but for a few more weeks and promises more soreness at the injection site. It will cost half as much. Moderna Bronze is the most affordable option with a reusable syringe attached to a large supply of low efficacy vaccine stored in an empty keg from a Phi Beta Kappa frat party. Johnson & Johnson, maker of the single shot vaccine that you need multiple doses of, announced that they had teamed with Billie Eilish to release a line of vaccines for young girls with shit tasted music. (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, well. Okay. <clears throat> okay. You know, I feel like CNN's in the cards. It's just not, just not today. Sometimes they're, 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 it feels like they're almost traps written in there for me to stumble on. It's just the way they guess, do things. I guess. See, I, I, I tend to keep my writing to, to things that, um, you know, people watch. Well, then don't write for CNN or MSNBC. Yeah, I won't. Um, well, Brian, thus concludes another fabulous episode of Questionable Material. Uh, I'd like to thank you for being wonderful today. I'd like to thank you for being wonderful today, Jack. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for the reviews, people. And thank you for uh, buying all the merchandise in our merch store. Huh? Just uh, visit CreightonBarrel.com and pick up any of our Questionable Material merch. It's not marked as such, mm. but there's a wide variety of things you can get. Okay, so it's, it would just be like a, a white coffee mug or an ottoman. <laughs> that was questionable material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. Even. Stop playing the piano, I'm recording the podcast.